Hi, everyone. This is Dr. Cheryl Selman, and welcome to The Love Code. Thank you for joining me for another opportunity to have an expansive conversation. You know, this show is all about opening ourselves to the infinite possibilities that we are, to the amazing potential that we all, all of us, have access to, and it's a reminder that we are truly part of this connection to all of life. And if there's one thing I've learned in my life is that we are truly unlimited beings, unlimited our ability to heal the impossible, whether it's our health or relationships or family situations, whatever it is, we really have to keep being reminded of the unlimited potential and possibilities that we are. So that's why I love having opportunities to have amazing, inspiring guests every week that to help us just move beyond <laughs> the normal perception of reality that most of us are living in and uh, really becoming more, much more expansive. So today is no exception. We're, we have a wonderful guest. We're going to be talking about the birthright codes understanding your life's purpose with my guest, Emilia. And a um, little bit about Emilia. Um, she is a renowned medium, energy therapist, and source code intuitive. She is the founder of the Ascension Institute, and, and Emilia helps clients tap into their birthright codes, unlocking their unique spiritual gifts and divine life purpose. The goal is a lighter and brighter you. Emilia takes clients on a transformative journey, bringing the soul and the intuitive guidance of our highest self. And um, we'll be talking about Emilia and her work and the Ascension Institute, which she has founded. So it's my great pleasure to welcome Emilia to the show today. Hello, Emilia. Good to have you Hi. on the Love Code. Thank you so much for having me. I'm well, you're an interesting woman, and, and I'm looking forward to this conversation because you are an interesting woman. <laughs> well, thank you. Thank you. You're, I do you have know, a colorful background, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're going to hear all about it because it's always fascinating. I, I, I always like to say my friends joke with me. They go, well, did you find the story? Did you find their story? You know, everybody has a story. And I, I am fascinated by everyone's story because the journeys that we have have mm. guided us and, and, and shaped us and molded us into doing the work we're doing and accessing the gifts that we have and we all have a story we didn't you know we just didn't arrive here with it all intact <laughs> no no we did not <laughs> so so uh emily let's let's share a little bit about your journey in your life that uh um you know that was this journey it is a journey mm. that led you to doing the work you're doing well uh, I do have an interesting journey. Um, I remember my pre-mortal life, and I remember being born. <laughs> so I there you go. I um, hope it was a good there one. There it is. You know, it was. It was a really good one. Um, it was in a, a city of light and love. I mean, it doesn't really get better than that, right? It's 
Mm-hmm. It's, it's you speak about being connected, and that was the beauty of of our my pre mortal existence, at least, was that we were all connected. Mm-hmm. And um, I feel like maybe we we work a little harder in this you know physical reality to feel connected. Sometimes I think separation can be an illusion, but it it can feel separation is a real emotion, right? <laughs> we feel. We feel separated from from ourselves yes. and others so easily here, and so um, I think being born and remembering that moment, uh, not necessarily the the physical process of it, but the emotional process of feeling very, very, very disconnected from um, that loving energy that was pretty abundant in my pre mortal life, and then the jarring feeling of it having it be sort of taken away here is is probably what propelled me on my journey to want to help others reconnect again. Because yeah. that is a, that, that must have been so painful to have come yes. from a conscious recognition of connection and then have it kind of disappear. Yeah. At least, you know, for that time. Yes. I think, I think the first emotion um, I was kind of writing about this was, was just, I guess a claustrophobic feeling of being tied one to a physical body that's that in itself is is kind of odd but but the way that spirit in my memories would communicate is is we would be able to just connect through energy and you would understand what someone was feeling you would understand what they were trying to portray you would understand um sort of just their current journey in an instant and so here we we have to to find someone that wants to talk with us. We have to find someone that wants to listen. We have to find someone we resonate with. It's it's a whole separate process. So yeah. <laughs> a lot of adjusting. <laughs> <laughs> That's an understatement. Right? <laughs> trying I'm trying to sugarcoat it, but yeah, it, it is. It's, Goodness, it feels like an uphill battle, and it definitely did from the very beginning. Just shock, you know, jarring feeling, shock. So, let's oh. proceed. So, tell us the rest of the story. So, oh what, goodness, I mean, what 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 family were you born into? Mm, so that's an interesting story. Um, I was. And part of my premortal memories and then um, being born is I do remember wanting to pick my family. So in my premortal life, I definitely remember saying, I want to learn these lessons. I want to experience these experiences. I um, remember picking my daughter. In fact, I, I said, oh, she's the soul we're going to, I'm going to meet again. Um, I didn't remember that till later in my, my physical life, but uh my the family I was born in, he was a unique one. My dad, um, he owned newspapers growing up, and my mother was born in the Philippines, but she was uh, she worked for his press PR side, uh, President Marcos at the time, and so my father uh, went to represent the Associated Press in the Philippines when um, President Marcos was trying to revitalize the nation and um, its 
it's reputation basically. And my father and mother met instantly and they fell in love and they had a storybook love. And so when I was born, I do remember seeing my father's very blonde hair and my mother's dark hair. And I would love to say that looking upon them in that I'm born moment, uh, I had an instant connection. Sadly, I didn't. It didn't. I was confused. I was like, this isn't right. I don't understand what's happening. And so I think that carried along in my family. I have a beautiful relationship with both of my parents. My father's passed, unfortunately, but always, always had a great relationship with them. But I always felt like the black sheep. I didn't, I was very different than my sister. I, <laughs> I just was different. So that, that in itself has been kind of a, a huge aspect of my my growing up you know I feel like people who have intuitive natures kind of feel different from their family you can correct me if I'm wrong but I think sometimes it's it's hard to feel like you fit in but well I guess that was all that was all part of the plan right yes yeah it is I mean it's not you know that because it's not a that feeling isn't a logical feeling. Like you should, you've got great parents, and but you felt what you felt. Just you know, yes. like you didn't fit in, disconnected. So somehow that was part of that journey that you took in this lifetime. Absolutely, I think, I think I did. I really, I know without a doubt that I, I signed up to feel that separation because I do believe it's part of my soul calling to remind people they don't need to be separated. So. Some of those trials and tribulations that we're we're born with are part of our soul path. And um, I think my intuitive abilities as I've gotten older and have come to understand them sort of support what you're saying in that there isn't a logical reason for me to feel any kind of disconnect from my my birth family. But I, I have always felt a little disconnected from from people my soul doesn't naturally just immediately resonate with. And I think I'm always kind of searching for that connection, and I really gravitate towards people when I have a soul connection. But um, I imagine that's probably where I, the birthright codes and, and all the rest of my intuitive abilities really kind of came to the surface is because of the disconnect I felt. Mm-hmm. So, so was your spiritual side nurtured and you know filipino culture Mm. is so different than american culture yes yes very (laughs) um you know my mom grew up catholic but my my dad uh he originally before he went into publishing wanted to be a pastor and i am very grateful for his ability to teach just to teach um Spirituality. We grew up in the Methodist sect, but I, I didn't even know what Methodist meant. I would say probably closer to like non-denominational Christian. And so I learned all the Bible stories, and um, we grew up in the church. But I don't, I don't necessarily know if this aspect of my spiritual journey was nurtured. I think um, the first time I ever saw my my ancestor, my my grandmother passed when I was in I think sixth grade. I told my dad, hey. He died. Um, grandma's here and she, she loves, she wants you to know that she's okay, that she, she knows everyone was around her and that she's happy about the funeral. And it was brushed over. So 
I would probably say no. It was not nurtured. <laughs> that well, was that was a no. That was a no go. So <laughs> I think I think that was that was wow. retreat number one when you go back into the spiritual closet a little bit and yeah. Um, I I don't think I really really came out of the spiritual closet until an awakening and you know when I was in college. So until then, I was pretty cookie cutter when it came to spirituality. So, so you had this, um, you had this experience of connecting with your grandmother who was in spirit, mm-hmm. um, which obviously, you know, is part of your gifts. But was that the first time you, you had such a profound experience that you shared with others? No, <laughs> I, um, yeah. you know, I think that was my first experience with the human reaction. To seeing spirit I didn't I didn't mm-hmm. know that that was different until I saw my father's face and he was like oh what do you mean you saw grandma let's not talk about that so until that mm-hmm. moment I thought it was pretty normal because um I I don't totally know why I, I have some I have some small beliefs why I have such vivid memories growing up like I remember um you know, my very, very first year birthday, I remember so many of my early memories like they were yesterday. It's it's interesting, but those include seeing spirits and having angels talk to me like I was an adult. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I was probably, because I could stand up in my crib like maybe 11 months, a year, and mm-hmm. um, an angel would sit in the corner of my room in my house when I grew up. So it was, I was only there for a couple years, but... Um, he would sing me lullabies and tell me that I had that they were watching over me and I was never alone and that um, they had big expectations and I would have normal adult conversations in my mind with them. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think my grandmother showing up and my father's reaction was probably my first experience with going, "Uh oh, I don't think this is normal. I should probably not talk about this too much." Right. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I I understand we set up our circumstances, but um, you know, to, to um, I often wish that we were more. We've created more of a culture that nourishes yes. those qualities. You know, I have um, friends in Bhutan and you know, such a Buddhist country, mm-hmm. and they, they just have a different way of connecting to life and to the spiritual realm and all the all the healing energies and entities, you know, different, you know, if we were nurtured in that, in that space, I'm talking all of us, if we were brought up in that space or any spiritual space, which acknowledge these other realities, um, we would all be very different people. I agree. Do you, do you think that maybe we're, we're at the age where things are shifting? Do you think that these younger generations are more open well, I guess. Um, yes. The answer is okay. yes, and um, and uh, they better be. <laughs> That's what I want to say. Yeah. You know, yeah. I mean, this is this is this sets the that I mean, those are the saviors of the future we're creating. Yeah. Right. We can't go sure. on creating the reality out of separation no. and disconnection and yeah. seeing the other as separate. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and then project 
onto them all the qualities that we don't own. We see it going on right now in the world. That leads to destruction, right? That has always right. led to destruction. But, Absolutely. you know, I I mean, you probably have your guidance, but I, you know, my 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 greatest vision right now is that there is awakening and the many spiritual traditions are <clears throat> are energizing this awakening on on mm. many planes of existence many yeah. dimensions yeah we need to we need to we it's it's we desperately need to wake up I'm I'm glad you say that. I mean, just not not even just for the self, but just for our planet, for the environment. I mean, just everything is connected, and everything just seems to be at that tipping point where, where either we wake up or we don't. And you know, as a mom to to some littles, um, my son's twelve and my daughter's ten. They their their conversations are just more robust in in thinking. Um, than growing up. And so I, I just remain hopeful that, you know, some of these, these things will continue to evolve, I mean, look at the, right? Look, I mean, look, look at the mother they have, right? You, you know, so <laughs> yeah. it, no, I mean, but it's true, you know, they yeah. have this environment, but you know, um, there are some interesting, um, projects going on. There's a, an organization called the one field. There was a documentary about it. Okay. There's the work that um, Lynn McTaggart's doing, creating the field and her work. There's uh, Joe Dispenza. He just had a global walk for peace at 140,000 yes. people doing this meditation, right? Yes. So, um, you know, the and what's happened, the inspirational thing, and even TM organization has done um, meditations with large groups of people and focused on areas of conflict, and mm-hmm. um, as long as they were able to sustain that frequency of love and compassion mm-hmm. focused on an area of the world, mm-hmm. the crime rate went down. But, but as soon as they dispersed, that that field dissipated, right? Yeah. So it wasn't sustained. But right. that tells us, that tells me, I, I don't know how you perceive it, but that tells me that if we can work with this collective, um, like a collective prayer group, right, on a global right. level, we right. have the power to transform um, situations that look like they're devastating, like going on right now or, you know, right. in the world. Yeah. That there is a power we have, but we have to do it from a collective on a global level to sustain mm-hmm that mm-hmm. new field of energy. Mm-hmm. I think oh, those are my thoughts anyway. No, I mean, um, a couple of people that I follow, uh, one, she's like a manifestation coach, but she preaches this beautiful idea that our frequency is our currency. And right. that, you know, that our, that our vibration, the, what we focus on, what we are experiencing, how we handle that, it can make all the difference. It's, it doesn't – sometimes I think, you know, from the human perspective, we need to go and be martyrs in order to make a collective change. And it really just starts about, one, acknowledging and knowing that we are part of the collective whole, and two, just just in the attitude of, of what we do with our time and our day and and doing it from a place of love and honesty and and gratitude rather than this 
I don't want to say selfish, but that's, that's usually, you know, ego. Those, those things create separation where it's the me before others. And, right. you know, it, it just, it starts off by just simply, simply knowing that we're interconnected, simply knowing that these, these higher vibrational ways of living is just starts with an interchange and that it's available to all of us. And just the simple process of everyone, you know, embracing that would have profound effects, I believe. I don't know how you feel, but profound effects on the way that humanity existed with others and our environment, everything. Yeah. Yeah. So, so that's why it's important, you know, right now, this moment in history to, uh, or this moment in the evolution of consciousness of humanity, yeah. we understand the true power we have, right? That yes. that we can, we our consciousness can influence this events, circumstances in this three dimensional reality. Yes, absolutely. That's kind of a. So let's get back to you. Let's get back oh. to you. So. So you came out of the closet. What happened when you were in university when you came out of the spiritual closet? I like you that know, term. so, I mean, um, I, I think there, I don't, I don't know. You can, you can tell me, but there, there just comes this precipice. And so at the time I just called it, you know, being born again, because that's all I had any kind of reference for was that, you know, pretty traditional spiritual awakening. But um, it was a week after, after 9-11, um, I was having sort of a really weird, rough period of feeling really, really lonely. And just I started to feel um, just very depressed. And then 9-11 happened like two or three days later. And I'll, I'll skip the craziness, but I had sort of an angel come to me. I was working at randomly, a, a makeup counter. And um, I was just so sad. And this, this woman comes up to me. And she was like, hi. And she introduced herself. Um, I still can't remember her name. She handed me a card and said, I think this could be important. And she was like, are you happy? And I said, am I happy? And she goes, are you happy? And I said, I don't, I don't think I am. And she goes, I know. We want you to know that we know you're not happy. And um, I just started crying and she said I'll see you then and she walked out and I went to run after her to tell her thank you and she was gone of course um 9-11 <laughs> happened I mean just I mean who walks up to somebody who says are you happy I'm like well <laughs> but she gave you a card and she gave me a card. It was very formal. Yeah. So yeah. the card was for a church. And I try not to say that too much because it ha it was her personal business card. And she just wrote the name of the church on the back. No address, mm -hmm. nothing. And mm -hmm. it was during the time when we didn't have GPS on our phones. So I went with my father to cover a story at another church um, after 9-11 and what they were preaching was kind of sad it it was about you know how war needs to happen and so it was completely opposite of what I feel the loving energy of you know free god source creator universe whoever you honor um once for us and so I left in tears and from four days ago I had put that card in my pocket from my I think I put it in my coat pocket and so I pulled it out 
and I had to call like 411 <laughs> to figure out information. Where is this general place of being? And uh, I I went on a Thursday night, or I don't even remember what evening it was, and I didn't expect there to be any kind of service. And when I got there, there was, and all they were doing was just singing. There was no preaching. They just opened the doors for people to come in more in the process of 9-11. And I just walked in, and I didn't know anybody had never done this, put my face in the carpet and just said, I'm not happy. And I know, God, that I've been quiet with you. If you have anything for me, I don't want to live like this anymore. And when I opened my eyes, I saw angels, huge angels in the room, and they were praying over people. And they were just walking around. One winked at me. And I must have looked like a crazy person because I jumped up and I and everybody else is, you know, crying and sobbing. And, and I was knocking a stranger and telling her, um, do you see this? And she was like, no. And I'm like, can't you see them? And they're like, no. So I, I did. I looked really crazy. Um, but that was the evolution of how, how they were back in my life full time from that point on just people spirit spirit that is here from the pre-mortal world assisting us um angels guardians and from that point they were like you promised you wanted to feel purposeful and you know i wish i'd read the fine print sometimes that said <laughs> you would wouldn't you have would mattered all. <laughs> it wouldn't have mattered Too late. <laughs> You know, be careful what you ask for, but it's a beautiful process and it's my purpose. What a, what a profound moment. What a profound moment in this lifetime, right? Right. I mean, it was like, you know, it's beyond your ability to logically (laughs) try to figure it out. I have lost track trying to put all the pieces together. Yeah. Yeah. How, how, how amazing. Um, yeah, that's the magic of life. You know, things happen. People show up in ways that are, you know, you, you can't describe. It does. Mm-hmm. <laughs> this 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 reality isn't as logical and rational as we would like to think. No. No, I think. Well, that's. I think that's that's I, a great I mean, that's, with starting a conversation yeah, with others, right? <laughs> <laughs> and, um, but that's but that's what spiritual means right the spirit yes. that you know this term we use being spiritual it means that we are here to recognize that there is there are other dimensions other possibilities it's not a logical world no. the true world is not a logical world it's a no. it's a world where miracles can happen and you know mm-hmm. impossible mm-hmm. things can happen i, I interviewed a woman recently for my other podcast and it was she had a a vision to have this herbal company with her sister who was the herbalist and her mother three of them they were three women you know didn't have any experience in business just wanted to create these products and they were at a and they wanted to create high quality products that weren't the Uh normal herbal products and they were at a trade show and some guy walks up, and they had a cream for dermatitis, and they gave him a sample, and he came back a couple of days later healed, and he owned a manufacturing company that manufactured <sighs> herbal extracts, exactly the quality that she wants. I mean, you know, that's the magic, right? And and, and her yep. company has grown to international 
you know, oh my gosh. reputation. But um, those are the stories we need to hear. We need to be reminded all the time. Yes. That we do not live in a rational, logical world, that we can create miracles and yes. just shift our frequencies. Shift our frequencies, do the spiritual work, however that is, many variations on a theme, and it opens up portals of possibilities. Absolutely. You know, it's it's funny you bring that up because I, as I listen to that story, I think that miracles, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, but I think miracles birth from when we're aligned with our authentic purpose. I, I mean, they can happen all over the place, but... I, it's when we open our heart to the illogical that that some of those um, miraculous moments happen because it doesn't make sense that three women who you know didn't have the specific logical background to do what they did felt a calling to do something and when they chased it things naturally aligned and so absolutely yeah uh, I, yeah and uh, yeah and I think I you know I think we all need to be reminded that. It's the small miracles. It's the random conversation you have while you're sitting at a coffee shop mm-hmm. that can change someone's life. You know, we, mm-hmm. it's not always um, seeing angels like you. <laughs> but, it's just, you know, it's a, it's, a, it's a random conversation that can alter a person's day. You don't even know what right. that trajectory leads to, right? You know, and that's... Yes. That's the magic of life, you know. That's the magic of coming from frequencies of compassion and mm-hmm. gratitude. Where we're just mm-hmm. there to listen and to open our hearts to people. It's uh, more profound than we realize, the ripple effect from the ripple effect. being there. Yeah. It's, it's um, and you know, it's, it's also just talking about raising, you know, consciousness. It's, it's normalizing things that, that we we do on a daily basis, like just basic intuition. You know when you get a funny feeling about somebody, and then you know when you can feel somebody is truly empathetic. We 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 live on those little basic intuitive nudges, but we don't. We're still sort of, I think, evolving to embrace that on a larger level. That we can we could actually operate from, you know, an intuitive first before mind led life that we could yeah. and that I just feel like that's where that's where connection comes. That's where when we start to lean on those small whisperings that happen in our heart, those the small little intuitive nudges that we really kind of come back together. We really start to to chase our own soul path purpose. And and I guess it kind of quiets all the rest of the noise that mm-hmm. can kind of rise up above the spiritual life, right? It's just noise loves to buy for our attention, this, the silly nonsense yeah. of some of our day and, and just how much of our energy goes to that noise. Kind of reeling that back in. Yep. Yeah, I agree. Totally. You know, um, when you, you know, when you just practice, you do, you do your spiritual practices, whatever that mm-hmm. is. Uh, because, because, uh, most of our life is the unknown. You know, we get into situations. We don't know how to get out of them. We don't know what the way is. It's not predetermined. But if you listen and yeah. allow the, like the crumbs, like uh, uh, we have this image that. of these like breadcrumbs coming yeah. in. People show up, <laughs> random conversations, some, something you see, you know, on a podcast. It moves you 
choose the outcome you're looking for. But you have mm-hmm. to trust. And I think mm-hmm. that's so important more and more uh, these days. The, there's so much uncertainty. Nothing is certain anymore. So the no. only thing that you have is to go deeper into your intuition and it will always guide you to where you need to go, who you need to meet, the way out, the solution. But you don't know it ahead of time. You have to just trust and be quiet and meditate and chant or whatever you do, a walk in nature and be Mm -hmm. receptive and open to those breadcrumbs showing up. Absolutely. Okay. So well, let's let's let's, let's Emily. Let's let's talk about your work and the and the birthright code. Thanks. Let's 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 get into that. So basically, long story short, evolution. Here I am. Um, I I think because of my soul remembering, I have a passion for helping others kind of step into their own soul remembering. It does not have to be um a full akashic, total life path reading. But sometimes we we get stuck. Trauma, um, just life, right, kind of quiets our inner voice. And um, my gifts have evolved so that when people people kind of seek me out, when they feel a little stuck, they want to – I started out as a medium, and so I spoke with spirit. And I kind of started to feel a calling to do more because spirit would always – leave the session not just answering the questions that that my clients had but but almost pleading with their loved ones to remember that it isn't about our daily task list it's about the attitude in which we we are doing these goals it's it's in the attitude in which we're we're pouring into our life and Oftentimes, where that starts to break down is when we feel a misalignment with ourselves, with our life purpose, with with just joy in general. And so I would start to do readings for people who would say, I feel stuck. I feel really, really stuck. I don't know what to do. I I don't love my job. I don't love my relationship. I don't I don't love whatever. And I would see their path. It, it looks like a road, honestly sort of um, faintly fall out in front of them. And then I would start to ask them questions. Well, you know, what would make you happy? What, what Have you ever felt happy in a relationship? What, what would you imagine doing? And all of a sudden the life path would start to light up. So it would start mm-hmm. to look brighter. They would, as they got excited about things that they had dreamed about, the, the life path would shift. And all of a sudden I would see, their their eternal partner come into play. I would see friends that they hadn't met yet. I would see all these things that were waiting in the wings, but because they hadn't sort of birthed their their divine calling or really, you know, jumped into their purpose, it was all just kind of in the wings. And so I spent a couple years really delving into what these codes were and asking spirit to teach me to understand what these codes were. And they, they said, just look at it as an energetic blueprint. And then I started seeing sacred geometry. So it was, we're all born with a blueprint. This is the way spirit explained it to me. They said, we're all born with a blueprint. It has everything in it that we kind of pre pre-planned for ourselves and that what, you know, universe gifted us with. So we have our predisposition gifts and our talents and our, our unique genetic makeup. And then 
we're born here with free will. And so we, we follow our little calling however we choose to do so. But hopefully along the way, we continue to stumble into our purpose. And I realized that I could help people because I could see their little life path and their energetic codes. I could help people realign again. And that, in turn, does what I really want to do, which is raise the vibration of humanity. Because now they're living an authentic life, a happy life, a connected life. And so that's where the the Ascension Institute and the birthright codes came from. It was the easiest way for me to explain what I saw in people and just just truly how how far so many of us have come from that loving energy and trust that if we chase our our actual authentic passion that we're doing the greater good a whole because we were, we were meant to do specific and beautiful things, not what everybody else wants us to do. And so I think that's, that's where I am today. Does, so does that work for everyone? You know, when people come Mm. to you and, and that life path unfolds. And I, I, you know, as you're talking, I just can imagine as people visualize more of their ideal life, it's like their whole energy and frequency changes, right? Their yes. emotions changing. They're, they're into, they're uplifting themselves. They're seeing yes. the possibilities, right? Which then opens up, you know, your, you know, your gifts. Yep. So I think you yeah. hit it. You, you nailed it. It is as open as they are. And um, to have so many people who are who are far down the rabbit hole of being disconnected that they can't even imagine a better life for themselves. And so we do these baby steps, you know, one small, Mm -hmm. one small change. And sometimes Mm -hmm. it's not about making any massive changes in their life. It's just about a state of being like, can you live in a happy place where you believe failure is not an option for a couple hours? Can you do that? Mm -hmm. And so many we've I've, I've. sadly believe that like humanity has almost forgot how to live in a happy state we expect the worst we Mm -hmm. it's hard for Mm -hmm. us to plan for the best and i do yeah some it it is available to everybody it just we're all in different states of disconnect i guess if that makes sense can you can you um can you share with us um course not mentioning any names or anything but uh, you know uh, an example of what what's happened to some people Ooh. doing this work yes um so this is a happy and a sad story but i i had a client come to me and she um i also have a master's in psychology so she was coming to me as a therapy normal normal talk therapy patient and I said, I'm sorry, I have to tell you, I I also do energy work. And so she shifted into an energy client of mine, and um, her soul was just broken. She had two children. She was in a, a, a relationship with kind of an abusive partner, um, emotionally abusive, so she didn't have physical scars, but her, her soul was just broken. And... Um, she he was very controlling they lived out in the middle of nowhere she he she was very isolated and she'd been in this relationship for 13 years and the interesting thing is i have i've known her for 20 and so when i knew her she was working in a high-rise building in san francisco she um was very outgoing she loved to plan events she was she was this bright 
beautiful light and um she randomly found me you know years 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 later and <laughs> it was a shell of herself and it was so heartbreaking and so I asked her the same question that that angel asked me and I was like are you happy and she broke down and she was like no and I was like well what would need to shift and she couldn't answer me she came back for almost four sessions and they were really spread out over a year and finally she came back to me on her fourth session she says I want to be happy I think I like organizing I think and, and I, I think I want to write and I said that's that's beautiful and she goes I have I think I I think I can write and so we sat with that and um she ended up getting divorced and I was there to just you know, hold hands along the way. But now she's this beautiful author who writes children's books. She advocates for children who had parents who were maybe, you know, emotionally abusive. Her whole life is full of possibilities. Mm. And it was just a simple reading of, like, are you happy? And that it just it started with that. And now, now I look at her and she's, she, she advocates for birthright codes now too. And just our life path and how just changing ourselves has changed others. Cause now she, she donates a lot of money <laughs> to to children in need. And it, it just pours out of her when we, we can return to ourselves. Yeah. That's a beautiful story. Did you see, and when you sat with her, did you see her life? path unfolding materializing in a sense yes it's hard to tell somebody once you leave your relationship your whole life will shift but she had given every corner of herself to making this marriage work and I saw angels waiting just children children sitting reading waiting and I was like you know have you ever thought about working with children and she's like no I don't want to work with children (laughs) But it, it came out later that she wanted to write children's books. And so, um, yeah, her her life path was one of the hardest to ever read. There wasn't it, – it was – I imagine it's, it's, it's like looking and taking a flashlight and it, a really low-grade flashlight and trying to shine it down the road and saying, do you see my light two miles down the road? You're just kind of like, ah, no. But then when she started to talk about maybe being a writer, it was like light started to kind of emanate from her path. And I was like, aha, all right, we're on to something. But I, <laughs> it depends on how willing, I, you know, somebody is to change because leaving a marriage is not easy. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. And how interesting that, you know, you would see your angels and children and not necessarily even understanding Right. why they were showing up at yeah. the time. Yeah. You just Yeah. Well, I'd like to say they play charades. I would love for them to give me a very clear this is what you need to do. <laughs> but they, <laughs> yeah. Doesn't quite work that way. <laughs> no. no it unfolds. The journey. Yes. Uh, yeah. Yeah. What what a beautiful story. How inspiring. So um so this has really become your work, and um, mm-hmm. it, so let's let, let's just kind of segue into the Ascension Institute that you've created. Yeah. So the the Ascension Institute birthed from my Ascension coaching. So I started to have other people say, "I love what you do. I think I can do it too." 
And I read in a, a book by an author I really love, um, Rebecca Campbell. She said, you know, we were never meant to compete. And I've really taken that to heart as I birthed the Ascension Institute. If you have a spiritual gift, then absolutely, I would love to be part of your journey to help you you rise into that, to help you, you know, sort of step into your own power rather than being like, I have my gifts and I want to hoard them for myself. And I, that's this Ascension Institute was to help others ascend. And I can't tell you how many people would come and just have a reading done and then they would they'd quietly send an email or call me later and be like, I, I think I can – I think I can read other people too. And it would just start from that. Can you help me? And so, <laughs> yeah, let's, let's get into uh, it. And, you know, it's kind of just grown from there. It's helping others step into their own, their own spiritual gifts and understanding and, you know, memories. And so, um, I lead Ascension classes and do coaching and, um, it's been, it's been an amazing journey. To, to connect with others who can step out of their spiritual closet. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's, it's a, it's a, I would say creating an institute, creating a, a school is a, um, is a giant leap, right? Yeah. Into the unknown. And that's it a is. huge, it's a huge undertaking it to is. create something of that nature. It's one thing mm-hmm. <clears throat> doing readings and seeing, you know, seeing your clients, but it's another thing, actually creating a program and yep. guiding people. Yeah, yeah. It's good for you. It's like the Thanks. evolution of your work. It is. Getting, yeah, it's, getting getting to more people, right? Helping more people to unfold their possibilities and and gifts absolutely. and service. I think I think that would be my my give back to others. And as you bring all of that up, about I would have never thought that I would create or have the life that I have right now when spirit walked around as angels that day that I started to see them. I don't, I still don't think I would have, if, if somebody had come to me and been like, Hey, I mean, you're going to open an Institute. You're going to help others ascend in their own spiritual gifts. You're going to, you know, start seeing birthright codes when people are walking down the street. I would have probably laughed even though I saw angels, you know, <laughs> if you just, you have to be so, open. I I I have to ask you this question. Maybe other no. people listening have this question okay. in their minds too. What actually do angels look like to you? Oh my god! So they're huge. <laughs> Honestly, they're huge. That's the first. Th- that's how I know they're either a guardian angel um, or like an ascended master. They're really really big. They make you feel tiny, and they sort of shrink themselves, but then they become brighter, and they have this white emanating light that comes from them. For me, I don't always see their face. Um, Archangel Gabriel has, he, I think he's the only face I've ever really, really seen. And he has this very kind, hope he doesn't get mad at me, boyish type <laughs> face. <laughs> he's kind of like, hey, I, I'm dapper. But, but it, I think it's to make him approachable because he's, he's an inviting soul. And they're just they're they're like depicted pictures where they have like um oftentimes blonde hair they i don't i don't really know they're more light beings i think they make themselves look more human so that we don't go running for the hills but mm-hmm. but 
in my pre-mortal memories, they were always beings of light, and you could just feel their energy and know who they were. So they, we all had, like, an energetic signature in my memories in, our, in, in the City of Light. And you would, you would know just standing next to or connecting with someone who they were. You didn't always, like, pay attention to their exact form. But mm-hmm. they, have, they do have huge wings. Um, some of them carry mm-hmm. interesting instruments. Metatron has a box. I don't know what that means, but he always carries one. <laughs> I don't know why. <laughs> so, so I should look into that. I should do a little more research. Why should have to cube? ask him one day. Yeah. Hey, what's with the cube, buddy? I don't know. <laughs> like, why? I don't, you know, um, truthfully, I don't want to offend anybody, but Jesus has shown up. He's big. He does have a beard. He does have long hair. And I don't know if it's because we expect him to look like that, but he has a really, yeah. really funny sense of of being. He always cracks jokes. I think he thinks everything's funny. I'm like, are you? He's like, I don't know. He's like, I, I, I had a, a great life, even though I was, I'm most known for suffering. He's like, I can crack a joke. I'm like, okay, tell me a joke. Sure. <laughs> I think they're just happy beings. That's how, that's how I describe them. <laughs> crazy. Um, I don't know if know, I told people what that. Do you, what, do you, what do you? What do you? What do you think they are? What do you think they are? I mean, they're manifesting in form. Mm-hmm. You know, they're you know beings of light that just you know, kind of take a form so they can relate to humans, uh, you know? I, I, I mean, do you have a thought? I do have a thought. We haven't gone down the rabbit hole. It's fun. But I I just think that they have been multiple incarnations of different types of dimensional beings and that we they connect with us in a form that won't scare us. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's so many theories about it. Do you think that they may be um, these other beings that have a mission in helping mm-hmm. humanity evolve? I do. I do. Yeah. Yeah, I do. So, yeah. I but do to know that. we're not left to our own devices. Yes. It is nice to know we have a team that, I, you know, sometimes I think they – they jokingly are like, oh, you guys. And we're just like, I know, I'm sorry. We'll try again. But, you know, they, they, they do give us the free, the free realm to try. But their gentle nudging and sometimes not so gentle nudging reminds me that we're not alone. They, yeah. they yeah. do have human aspects, you know, limited patience sometimes when I push them and I don't want to do what they're asking me to do. And then they show up and remind me, no, 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 no. <laughs> you got to keep going. Wow, what a what uh, what a blessing, Amalia, mm, to be yeah. able to uh, you know uh, to have created a life where you have access to these uh, incredible energies of guidance, you know, mm. energies of wisdom, right? Mm-hmm. And call them what you want, but they're certainly powerful presences. Yes, that 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 make themselves you know known to you, or you, or you. You know, just fulfilling the mission that you've come here to fulfill and and yeah. have, you know, arrived at the place where you, you know, are, are able to connect in your that evolution, is, your consciousness. That is a beautiful um, way of putting so, that. Thank you. 
Yeah. Well, you know, it's just wonderful to have these conversations with people like you that have these gifts that, you know, stay connected to this other dimension and uh, help guide souls back to their real Mm -hmm. sense of purpose, which we all, I do believe we all have come here for a purpose, but we get distracted. We get lost along the way. So um, in the the few minutes we have left, how how do people contact you? Do you do these readings virtually now? Uh Yeah. So I do have an office in San Diego, but I do prime, I do the majority of my, my reading sessions and, and, um, activations on Zoom. So they can find me at the ascensioninstitute.com and um, book a session through that way. So I also have some social media pages, but it's the easiest way to find me is the ascensioninstitute.com. Okay, great. So if, you know, people listening to our conversation, if someone is feeling that they are not happy in their lives, they're not happy mm-hmm. in the work they're doing, they, they feel like there is more for them, you know, in terms of service, they've come here for more. But you're in that state where you just feel yeah. unsettled and frustrated. That's, that's, that's like a sign that something is nudging you to yep. um, find your path, find your soul's mm-hmm. path. Yep. And, 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 and that, you know, you would be the kind of the next logical uh, <laughs> place to go. Now yeah. that, they know about you. I mean, now yeah. that you, you know they've had this experience, that this this could be a way, right? To yep. um, in a sense, short circuit that process of searching, or or mm-hmm. find the way that it, the time has come, right? To, to to actually get onto your life's path. Maybe it's just the right moment shows up, right? I think yeah. So that's it's if they wanted to book a session through my website they would select ascension coaching and it it talks about just meeting people where they are taking into consideration their goals because some people have life path concerns and other people are just in a place where they're like i think i can do more with my own spirituality i think i can do more with my gifts i have others who want a full a full soul journey remembering and they're like i don't know why these people these lessons keep repeating i keep meeting the same person i keep you know, turning left when I know I should turn right. What do you think this is? And sometimes it's, it's you know, karmic contracts and generational trauma, which we didn't get into. But all of those things I I help people with. It's just about clearing, getting, getting you know, more connected with themselves. But more importantly, just there's, there's just a breadth of different readings that can help us energetically, and that's what I offer. Oh, wonderful. Well, what a, yeah. what a blessing you are and Thanks um, the so wonderful much. gifts you have, you know, it's, uh, yeah, it's very inspirational because there's always help out there. Well, you know, mm-hmm. in, in times when we feel lost and, and maybe someone's listening to this podcast for the very first time and it's what they needed to do, you know, they're, the angels guided them to tune in. <laughs> <laughs> I don't have didn't even know it existed. I wish I did. <laughs> I could have handed them out. Anyway, it's been uh, it's been such a pleasure to have Thank this conversation you with me. you. And uh, I hope people will uh, check out the ascensioninstitute.com, learn more about Emilia's work and the birthright mm-hmm. codes. Um, they're just amazing people on this planet who are here to help us find true meaning fulfillment and healing so 
You're one of them. It's a pleasure to have this conversation with you. It was such a pleasure chatting with you. Yes. So, uh, okay, here we are at the end of the Love Code, and thank you all for joining me. If you uh, would like to uh, listen to the Love Code every week or my other podcast, by the way, which is called What Women Must Know, I'm on every platform. You can go to uh, uh, Spotify or Podbean, any any podcast platform, you will find the Love Code and What Women Must Know, or you can just go to my Facebook page, which is What Women Must Know. Or better yet, go to my website, drcherylselman.com, and opt in there, and everything gets sent to you. So until next week, may your week be filled with love, peace, and harmony. Bye for now.